Welcome to this episode of Let's Chat. I'm your host, Chris Revel, coming for the Cat Cave in Warwick, Rhode Island. Let's Chat is a long-form conversational show where I, your host, Chris Revel, sit down with folks from niche cultures of punk rock, podcasting, and pop culture. And today we are doing something a little different. For the first time in eight eight years, uh, having someone else on the intro, and we're going to do this going forward. Uh, sorry it took so long. But you may know uh, her. You know, may know our producer, business partner, uh, Bree Extraordinary. Bree, yay! Hi guys! It is so great to be part of this, like making history here. History, yeah. So I, um, I'll be quite honest. I, I, Bree, I, I don't know why it took me so long, but I had this epiphany when I was listening to one of my favorite podcasts for years called Going Off Track, and every intro it's just Brad and Benny or. In the older episodes, it would have been Brad and Benny and Steven and Jonah, um, just like both BSing and then trying to find like a fun pivot point to be like guests of who the guest is. And nice. so I know we, we tried to do this a couple weeks ago, but I couldn't get my act together. I think part of the reason no one comes on as intros is because I tend to record them 30 seconds before uh, about to you release really the do. episode or the night before, on a Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so people, I mean, people. I don't know. I'm going to I'm going to guess we're going to get some new listeners in this episode. So thanks thanks for coming on. Uh this is a great episode too, Brie, cuz uh you guess we have our first time a guest host joined us, a guest co-host with our our, our dear friend Sonetta came on with us. Oh, she is so great and wonderful and talented. Oh. I love her so much. She did so good. She actually helped me connect with this guest. Um this is Matthew Stewart, who is the trumpet player for Streetlight Manifesto, also an accomplished jazz uh, I'm sorry, Yaz, musician. And it took about a year for us to get this, to, to, to lock this down. And it's so funny, Matt, this is, Matt's being such a, he's a good dude because um, Streetlight Manifesto has not put out new music in a long time and people always hound him about it. And we didn't ask him about it because I wanted to be respectful, but he kept a secret because like literally two or three days after we talked, they announced for the first time in like years, they're putting out a new album. So, um, wow. I bet everyone's freaking out right now about it. They're pretty, it's pretty excited. So and, excited. um, we, we met Sonetta, uh, Brie and I, we work with Sonetta with lots of chat stuff too, but we met her through, um, she runs a Facebook group, which for called friends of streetlight manifesto. Shout out to our Fosum family that we're a part of. I, uh, the most yes. wonderful human beings in that group. We absolutely love them. And, um, so I'm, I'm guessing we're getting some Fosum crew uh, checking out this episode. But so I remember somewhere Sonetta's like, yeah, I, I know Matt or something. And he's pretty, he's pretty camera shy, media shy. So Aww. this took a long time, but I'm glad we got set it up. But people know what they're going to be listening to. What about you, Bree? What have you been up to besides hurting Man. yourself? Right? Man, I swear, after 30, like, it goes downhill. You know, I've been really on an, like, anti-flag and... Uh, rise against mood lately just because oh. at work sometimes i'm like mad and i'm just like stressed out and i'm like i'll just need to listen to my angry music and it just gets me through the day so i think going back old school and you know high school i love days. it i love i was i had tickets to go see rise against in july but i'm not <gasps> able to make it because of my uh my tinnitus so it's like i gotta chill out in concerts unfortunately Back no. fun, fun stuff that can kind of let's chat ish related. Um, Tim McGrath from Lies Against just is just sang uh, Nathan Gray, our past guest, new song. Uh, Nathan Gray is the front man from Boy Sets Fire. We, he's on here a couple times. If people want to go back yeah. and check out that episode, um, I am a Rise Against fanatic. Oh God, 
Pretty. Our friend John made the anti-flag documentary. Yeah. Yeah. I thought about that. Every time I listen to anti-flag, I'm like, man, remember that documentary we did? That was like, that was pretty awesome. And we still have it on YouTube and our website. I just left it on the home page because it's so cool. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and now that uh, because of our, our shout out to our good our friend who's helping us in post production, Vern, as one of our teammates, uh, that is actually available on our Patreon. Uh, and so, Bree, for people who don't know, Bree is actually the the brainchild behind our sister podcast, Let's Chat Live, as one of one of our hosts. Yes, and that so now actually, which has been really fun. All of the Let's Chat Live episodes are now releasing to our Let's Chat with Chris Rebel feed. They stay on there for about two weeks, and then all that stuff, all past episodes. Is all going on in our Let's Chat Patreon feed, which is just patreon.com slash Let's Chat Media. Good news, all these videos, they stay up there for free forever. If you want this content for free, it's there. If you want to support us, we would absolutely love that. Maybe one day we don't have to work the jobs we do <laughs> that we love forever. Um, yeah. So what's your uh, – this is cool. I'm in Rhode Island, but you're, you're down in uh, South Carolina. Yeah, I used to be in Virginia, and then we just moved on down to South Carolina, further away from you. I'm so sorry. But, you know, know, we have family in Rhode Island, so we're going to visit you this year, Rebel. So That would be – oh, my God. I would lose my mind. <laughs> Me and Ball were trying to figure out a, con- a convention that we can go to where we can hang out this year. Uh, yeah. uh, shout out to Ball and stuff. And, oh, my God. Oh, yeah, you know, I was, um, I was actually just on – I was just on a podcast. I was on Codex Prime last week. Wow! Two weeks ago, which uh, we love. Carl's been on the show. Carl and Victor, uh, we love we love those dudes so much. They're they're some of my favorite people. That was super fun. And I think next month my episode of Jock Doc Podcast, who I met because of you oh, through Let's yeah. Chat Live. I found them on Twitter. They're so nice. They're, they're just so the funny. Guys. That was hard because I had to do like pr- I've never done improv before. <laughs> really? Like, you I seem had- like you'd be so good at it. <laughs> I was really scared. I practiced a lot. Like I had a time. Oh, wow. I really prepared. I was really worried because, like, actually, I only messed up once. At one point, they asked me something. I froze. I'm like, "Are you asking me or my character?" And then, then we all had a good laugh. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh, yeah. I, no, I'm so, gonna have to re- are you a, release that. Are you a Are you a Streetlight Manifesto fan, or do you Are you a ska person at all? Most I people aren't. <laughs> grew up on ska. Actually, like in high school, that's all I listened to, and. Middle school is heavy metal alternative, but then in high school it turned to ska music, and we do crazy things like go street illusion down like abandoned road and just like have ska music playing and going in cars and cruising around downtown and just blasting you? it. And we go to this place called Manifest in here in Greenville, but it's not here anymore. It was just like this record store. That's where I bought my first cassette. I don't remember Aww. what it was, but they had this wall of cassettes oh, and like music. Loved it. That's so great. Yeah, it's my first, my I don't know, my first kid set I think was like album the Chipmunks. If we're being honest, Aww. yeah. My first, yeah. my first CD though. Well, there's my real first CD is Weird Al, Bad Hair Day. But when I tell people, because the second it was the second purchase, Space Jam soundtrack and No Doubt's wow. Tragic Kingdom, and I bought. I remember like it was a really big deal. Like my parents taking me. I think my grandparents were there, but like music's really big in my family. Like my my dad has a radio show. Like I, he, I grew up going to lots of folk, fe- like a lot of like folk festivals with my dad, and my mom's a huge pop fan. So I remember it being like a really significant moment and buying um, Weird Al, Weird Al's Bad Hair Day, Space Jam soundtrack, and Tragic Kingdom by No Doubt, and um, kind wow. of informed my musical sensibility for the rest of my life. 
That's incredible. I can't believe you remember that. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Well, Safe Sound Sound, terrible movie, great soundtrack. I No, the second one was a little little terrible. The first one was just a classic. Don't hate on I Space Jam. I didn't see Jam. the second Space Jam. I want to. I will. Don't. Just don't. It's well, the first one's it. not good. You 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 think it's good because you saw it as a kid. I've yeah. watched it recently. It's just a big commercial. It's not all right, it's not bad. Okay, the second one's just like a giant commercial, too. The guy falls yeah. into the cartoon area, and it's a Nike symbol. Product yeah, placement. The whole first movie is just basically a Michael Jordan commercial. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I'm one of those people, like, the way I feel about film, it's like you can't go into Space Jam 2 and compare it to, like, Citizens Kane. Like, you, you know what you signed up for. Like, when I saw Fast 9, I was like, I know what I'm uh, here for. No, my gosh. you. Well, you're there because you have to be there because you watch, like, 1 through 8, I guess. No, I didn't see but, any of them. <laughs> oh, my God, really? I, you just jumped in? I, I just really wanted to go to the movies, with, and I re- so I got I took a bunch of edibles and um, saw an IMAX, and it was the most fun I've ever had. Holy crap, that sounds amazing. Oh, have you seen Black Widow? Yeah, we were going to go to a movie and see it, but we just bought it, and we just watched it on our TV. It's good, right? And yeah, I didn't realize there was something at the end, and Robert was watching it, and I walked away. I was like, what the hell are you doing? Why don't you tell me there's a little yeah. bit more? So we Yeah, that's it. important stuff. Yeah, between that and Loki. It's so funny, because like yeah. the next, we've, been, we've been doing a huge punk rock guest, and I really feel like we need to pivot again and get some more geeks in here. Because our next two guests yeah. we have coming up, well, after Matt, we got Matt's actually coming back. Uh, Matt, we're gonna do a whole nother episode with Matt because he was so awesome and he really liked it and he wants to come back. And I think we can actually talk about the new album and stuff. But then we Yay. have Connor, he was the lead singer of uh, Boys Night Out. We recorded that episode, it was awesome. Wow. And then we did one with Dana, who is Piebald's tour manager, and he has a great podcast called Two Week Notice. And uh, he has this great story because Piebald did a tour with Dashboard Confessional, and he oh. tells me the story about like being on tour with Dashboard and Caraba walking over and like putting his arm around him. He's like, you know, it's great. We get to watch Piebald every night, and Caraba uh, oh. did his podcast. So uh, you know, knock on wood, that will maybe that can well actually uh, Dana's so kind. He connected me with Connor, and he also connected me with Sergio from the early November. And hopefully wow. um, they're going to come on in the future. We're still working out those details. Um, but Bree, who should we else? Who else should we get on? Should we get Scoach? Uh, man, we should look at. Yeah, we should get a lot of like musicians on. Can you imagine? Yeah, if you're listening to this, and you have any connection to someone in the Marvel universe, like a writer, a director, a customer, actor, it doesn't matter. Just anyone. Yeah, because. Um, yes. Sometimes I don't think people know on this show how much we love Marvel movies. I mean, between that and we like love, Loki, yeah, I, we're like, on like episode four of Loki right now. So we're, as soon as the kids go to bed soon, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna yeah, watch some more. Related. It's really yeah. the last two episodes are incredible. It's so fun. I actually I ended up seeing Black Widow three times, kind of unintentionally. Like, uh, so I went opening night with my brother-in-law and my buddy Alex and I went on opening night and Victoria wasn't feeling well, so she couldn't go. So, yeah. but she wanted to see it as well. So I was like, no, no, I'm a great husband. I'll go see it on Friday and then I'll so see nice. it again on Saturday. So you saw it without her is what you're saying. And then yep. you had to make up for it. And- <laughs> exactly what happened. <laughs> but we had Brahmin. And then um, over the weekend, um, the, our past friends of the show, past guests of the show, Chuck and Brad from the Chuck and Brad podcast, it was Brad's birthday, um, had uh, really sweet, and they invited me to come along for Brad's birthday. So we all like, I got to go to like a big dinner and then go see Black Widow, and end up 
there's a lot of people at dinner. Everyone was super cool. And then by the time we got to the movie, it was just Brad, Chuck, and uh, Gina and I. So the four of us saw it. And it was my third time seeing the movie. And wow. it was even more fun the third time. Just, I, I was just like, oh, my God, new friends. So that was really exciting. That's so nice. And I bet you picked up on uh, things that you probably didn't the first two yeah, times. I wasn't, I wasn't sober for the first two viewings, so a lot made more sense. Oh, my God. And yeah. how it ties in and everything and names yeah. and ah, oh, so oh god, cool. the stuff with uh, I won't ruin anything for anyone listening. Um, so anyone out there, if you go, uh, let us let us know what you think. I know Bree and I are we're going to be making some more Patreon bonus content with just us and other bringing another of our crew. Um, I I love having you in the intro. This is really fun. I want we want to. I mean, I mean honestly, if anyone listening, if you especially this last year and a half, like from December 2019, when Bree joined uh, Let's Chat, and I and I say. I started Let's Chat. No, I started the podcast, but Bree is what made this a brand. And over this last year, I mean, so much has changed. Uh, I mean, we both got in paid jobs within the industry outside of Let's Chat. We've yeah. made friends. We've done events. So we got a lot of cool stuff coming up. Um, hopefully, I know, at least hopefully here in Rhode Island, I know we're talking about doing some, like, in-person meetups. And, like, yes. like uh, we definitely want to do a live show. We got, we got a lot going on. Um, you, know, so you can find us on all the things uh, at Let's Chat Podcast is our thing. Let's Chat Podcast.net is the website that the wonderful Bernie made for us. Oh, uh, mm-hmm. God. Oh, before we do sign off, let's tell them about Let's Chat Club, which we love. Yes, this uh, the club that I told you about like a long time ago, and you were like, I don't know, but it's just an awesome yeah, way to pretty connect. Pretty much every great idea you've had, I was like, no, that's nah, nah. Every good idea I've said no to, so I've learned to stop listening to myself yeah. and just, just go with Brie. That's actually the best advice I got from Margie. Shout out Margie <laughs> from Interview Connections, another past guest. See, but past guests oh are more God. than guests here at Let's Chat. Like, these people mean something to us. Like, They're you know, you family now. Yeah, like, even if we yeah. just talk once and never speak again. So, like, actually, Margie has become, like, a real-life friend, too. I love her. But... I remember yeah. one time she was uh, helped me out with some mentorship stuff, and she was just like, "Okay, Christopher, you're just gonna go ahead and listen to Bree." <laughs> <laughs> I love her so much. Yeah, yeah. Um, Let's chat live. Uh, it's it, like even past guests of Let's Chat Live, they just become part of the Let's Chat family, you know. So it, that's what I yeah. really enjoy about it. And then, so we, we because of Bree, we started Let's Chat Club, and which was your beautiful invention as well, where like it's uh, like a paid membership. You get access to a private Discord, Facebook, and a Twitter thread. Um, yeah, at one point you you were you're giving you're making uh, one sheets for people. Um, yeah, we've been doing a lot of stuff. And then our Let's Chat Club members also rotate our Let's Chat Live, which now uh, that's been a great great way to make connections. So you know, if anyone's interested in joining, where please 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 let us know. We're well, we're interested in that and. You know, we're, yeah, there's God. connecting lots of tools or get connected with different creatives as classes. well. Not just like different classes that are taught by some really skilled and talented people. Um, one sheets made, we can even do pod decks and, uh, and just get your podcast off the ground. Oh, should we share our news? Cause I haven't talked about this on air yet, but um, one of the coolest thing that has ever happened in this and, and honestly the wild dream come true Um Bree and I and our, our team have been working really hard, and we've submitted uh, a pitch to Stitcher and Earwolf Radio. And there's, I don't know what's going to happen, but there's a possibility we might get picked up by a network. We're also talking with Maximum Fun. Uh, we're going to try to get some more context, but we we 
something's happening here. I, I, I don't know how, I, I'm not trying to brag, but we're really excited. So, you know, if nothing comes out of it, I'm still happy with the experience, but just the fact to get to talk to these people to be like, the opportunity is, it's yeah. insane. So, you know, and, and our members are doing great stuff. Chuck, who we mentioned before, he's a um, Let's Chat Club member. He um he just was fucking working in a Smod Castle in New Jersey all weekend. Like he works with Kevin Smith. It's that's just it's, it's phenomenal surreal. what they're doing. It's 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 been great. So the I mean, the podcast space is just so wonderful. Um, it's so welcoming. Yeah. Where do you, have, have you been on any any shows? Any anything to, anything else to plug, or should we just let people jump into our great interview with uh, Matt? Shout out Folsom Group one more time. I cannot tell you how much we love them. Friends of Street Light Manifesto Facebook group, check that out. And big thanks to Sonetta. She, Sonetta's yeah. the type of person. It's like, it'll be like, she's just, oh my god, she she's no small talks. I think at one point it turned this conversation it turned into her and Matt like talking about like God. And I was like, yep, that sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, she's always good for a conversation. I know she's the best. Uh, yeah. So do do we have do you have any pluggables like? If people want to hire you, Brie, out for uh, all of your services, where do they go? Oh, man. Um, yeah, you can go to startupconsults.net, or you can just message me on Twitter at Rochelle KB, R-E-A-C-H-E-L-K-B. And I'm actually going to be working on some audio transcription for a podcast, and we're going to get started real soon. So we'll help someone get their, um, you know, get more views on their show. It's oh, LOL no. with Kim gravel so i'm excited about that. that that's such a good name that's a good name for a podcast uh yeah you know between you and me we've got like over 10 plus years in the industry that's only 14 years old uh so that's pretty yeah. cool Isn't that nuts? birthday's coming up anniversary's coming up for the show next and month oh time. god that's one of us will do something awesome. yeah so will. uh well uh, let's just get to it all right Come let's on. get to it I never said I wasn't a gotcha journalist. <laughs> that's true. Actually, that's kind yeah, of- <laughs> I'm looking up who you are. Wow, you produced a movie? That's true. I produced a couple movies. Jeez, I haven't produced it. Wow. Do you, you have produce a lot music? Of, um, <laughs> are there any um like gotcha music journalists you ever have to deal with, or people are like trying to make you like talk crap on someone or something like that? Does that happen? Oh, I guess this would be a question for me, I guess, since it's a music thing. Oh, yeah. I should have used your name. I apologize. <laughs> okay. It's like I'm busy stalking Sonetta right now to see who I'm on this interview, right? You know. With, You're like, honest, I could have done this earlier, but why not right until we start it? <laughs> that's what I like. That's what I like. Don't you stalk know? me. Oh, yeah, because it's like... <laughs> A little bit. Oh my gosh! I had no idea. This is okay. I didn't. I had no idea. I don't even know what these TV. I don't watch TV. Really? <laughs> like at all? So I have. Yeah, I have no bearing for any of. You know, it looks very well produced. You know. 
actually, how do you, how do you two how do you two Matt and Sonata, how do you know each other? I mean, I think I know the answer, but I want to see if I'm right. Um, your guess. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> streetlight, yeah, right? Like, it's, if it's not from the streetlight band, then I don't even know if, if what else I would guess because Matt doesn't yeah. watch TV, so that that that's out of it. I was like, well, obviously you watched her movies, but no, <laughs> no, not at all. I didn't even. I knew she wrote things, but she didn't tell me she like made movies. Like, I think you mentioned it once, but you kept it really low. You know what I'm saying? I have no idea. That was it. Yeah, I think I saw you at a concert. Was that you? You were standing on a guardrail. I thought yeah. you were like six, six tall. I thought you were I like six foot, tell that six story. tall. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, and then I think I, yeah, I think we chatted like a half a year later and you weren't as tall. And, uh, <laughs> you know, that was pretty much it. But yeah, I didn't, I mean, I knew you did movie stuff because we had talked. But mm-hmm. it's like, I didn't even watch TV. I didn't know you did like movie, movie stuff. <laughs> you know, well, we met. We met in, uh, and I was standing on the guardrail thing because yes. I like to climb shit. And yes. uh, <laughs> then, yeah, next time when I saw you, you're like, "Whoa, <laughs> you shrank." Yeah, I was like, "Yeah, okay, no," nah, because that was cooler for me, <laughs> you know. Because I'm like five six. I was like, "Wow, this girl plays volleyball and things." <laughs> No, just talking, just talking. Yeah, you I'm know. five six two. I feel you. Yeah, you know, so it was a thing, but yeah, I had no idea. Yeah, and I think we had chatted a couple times online. You know, I didn't know you were a movie heavy, but I know you write in long paragraphs, so there's long thoughts going <laughs> my on. Essays. You know, and I like to keep my thoughts like you know little bullets. You know, they're very short. <laughs> they don't always hit the target, but there's a lot of them. And uh, do, do you ever get like, voice memos? <laughs> yeah, I mean, voice memos are just like, hey, maybe I'll remember that. If I don't, wasn't meant to exist. It wasn't <laughs> meant to be around, so I don't remember that old thing. Yeah, like for you guys, I woke up from a nap at like eight fifty-three, and it's like, let me uh be awake. That's for awesome. Another. Let me wake up. Let me be awake for another hour before I uh actually talk to these folks. Splash the water on your face. (laughs) Yeah, we appreciate that. You, um, man, you're uh, surprised. You're pretty media. Would you? Is it fair to say media shy? Like I was doing my research, it was, it was hard to find a lot of interviews with you. Um, yeah, I am media. Would I say media shy? No, I'd say more media, uh, like uh, more media constipated. I would say (laughs) because it's such a. It's such a heavy thing in my life that I have no idea what it does because I'm old. You know, I'm like 39 years old. So it's like, I have no idea what any of any of anything does. You know, like the fact that we could do the same pot, we could, we could make this thing happen. And other things like this are happening on platforms for millions and millions of dollars with men who wrestle. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's, it's completely sure. beyond me, like the new scope of things and the accessibility of you know, people to make really dope shit collaborative, collaboratively with folks, you know? So mm-hmm. it's, it's still, it's still a thing where it's like, well, not like a lot of people do ask to interview me, but if they do, I kind of shy away. Cause I'm always like, I'm going to say something stupid at some point. <laughs> in the. Uh... <laughs> That's me too. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm sure you don't, th- I mean, I wouldn't think that like a writer would think that, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> 
No, that's always, yeah. always in the back of my head. I'm like, I'm going to say that one thing and then I'm going to think about it for the next year. And yes. then... <laughs> that's, that's my experience. That's my experience with meeting most people. You know, so it's like, <laughs> I, I so tend funny. to avoid that. I tend to avoid that anyway. Like if you come to the shows and stuff, I'm like, I'm kind of talking people. But yeah, most of the time it's like I'm, you're hiding away as to not, you know, ruin somebody's idea of who you might be before they meet you you know what i'm saying i did one interview once it was an australian um production crew that came to toronto and they were interviewing like female filmmakers mm. and this was years ago and i still to this day have not seen the actual documentary i don't know if it's in post or they just like decide to scrap it but still to this day, I'm like, what did I say? What did I say? <laughs> I saw one at one kid interviewed me. It was at a warp tour we played. Nice. I had just come off the stage. I was talking all types of crazy nonsense, <laughs> all type like incoherent shit. Like it was pretty bad. You know, it was a pretty bad interview. Uh yeah, so I kind I kind of avoid them. I think this thing is like a year or two in the making, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you've actually been on my list for a very long time of uh, and then I met Sonetta because yeah, we I talked talk to, to talked to a Pete uh last year. Yes, I heard I that. Around, wow, that was a whole oh, thanks, last man. Year ago, yeah, it was around now, I think, right? Because I know, Co I remember like talking about COVID and how, like, I think it must. I remember Pete being like, Yeah, I'm supposed to be in um, uh, what's that place in Colorado? Oh, Red Rocks. Rocks. Red Rocks. Yeah, yeah you, you you were supposed to be playing with Sublime the night we interviewed him. And I remember, like, like we were saying before, I'm, I don't know. I remember making like a really bad joke and be like, "Oh God!" And everyone was polite, but I remember like the next three weeks being like, "Why did I say that? Why did I say that?" <laughs> <laughs> so it's I guess so we all weird. have that. So we all crazy. overthink it. Yeah, we all, all it, overthink it, ourselves. But you don't judge other people usually. And I think <laughs> yeah. I edit this shit. I, I have I, edit power and I still don't take it out. I'm like, well, it, I, I have to do this for some integrity that I don't know why I believe so strongly in, but I do. If it, exactly. if it makes me look bad, I'm like, that's fine. I don't care. But if it's somebody <laughs> else, never. Yeah, like the authenticity of the thing is, uh, you know, is the most paramount. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I'm pretty free and open, but it's like, Sinead is like a, uh, she's like a safe of information and stuff. <laughs> I do have many informations. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you know, of both informations you have. Yeah, because, yeah, I would have looked you up earlier. I'd never, you know, I don't even know what all these things are that are on this IMDb right now. There's a whole lot of things. Like, how do we even get Oh, God. <laughs> you know? It's funny. That's so funny, Matt, because Sonetta and I actually talk about this a lot and how, like, um, like you and like m musicians to me are like magicians. I have yeah. absolutely no idea how you make the noises come out of the trumpet or anyone like writes oh, a wow. song. Like it, my brain, like I'm, I love music. I grew up with music. I'm like a fanatic of it. Like obviously a huge streetlight fan. I've seen you seen many times, but like I've sit in front of a drum. If I sit behind a drum set, I can like get my hands to move. The second I move my feet, my brain just stops. Like uh. I couldn't learn. I just, and so it's just so funny that you're saying all that. I was like, to me, I look at you like a magician. I'm like, I you you just you get up there and have like superpowers. I have no idea how you do that. Dude, you know I what? just bought. Oh, sorry, Matt, go for it. No, go right ahead. No, you please go, please go, please. I, I was just gonna say, I just bought a trumpet 
um, well, actually months ago now, I bought the trumpet. Wow. I have no idea how this thing works, like at all. Like I was trying, I'm like, this does not work like the flute. I don't get it. <laughs> I can't weird, figure it out. Shit. <laughs> yeah, the trumpet is a nut instrument. Cause if you think about it, it's always telling somebody something else is happening. Like it's always like, ever since like the trumpet's been around, it's either, either been like the king is coming or an army is coming. We're right. like, that's like huh. the only place it really lives. It doesn't like a flute, you know, you can play these melodies on it and you can play those on a trumpet, but it, mostly like the trumpet exists to be like, no, nah, this is about to go down. Like, you know, <laughs> so it has this, it has this personality about it where it's like, you know, it just being around, it expects the rest of society to, uh, you know, kind of pay attention. It's like, no, nah, it's about to go down. I'm just here. <laughs> You know, I'm here, so you guys are about you're in for a treat. Something's about to go down. I love that. I've never thought of that. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, that's <laughs> the thing. That's, that's what it's doing. You know, it, and it's like, and uh, because that's the thing with the interview, it's like you have you have the personalities that instruments are. And then you got adulthood when you're supposed to remove that. And I swear to God, the reason you guys like Streetlight Manifesto is because I never removed that. I've never taken that, that out of the character of that instrument. Like, the band is doing what it's doing, but, like, that trumpet part is, you know, the trumpet part is, it's trying to deliver, it's trying to deliver service to a huge swath of people that it can, you know? It's like, it's kind of foretelling the oncoming of something, you know? Mm. I try and keep it over there in character, and, uh, you yeah. know, as a healthy-minded, as a healthy-minded adult, you're supposed to be able to separate the story world from the real world, and I've never really wanted to. I've never really yeah, artist. Artist. Yeah. Yeah. I've never really wanted to do that. They tell me to do that for like, you know, survival. But I'm like, you know. <laughs> survival. <laughs> yeah, kinda. And it's like, what's the nature of it? You know, we 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 both live in kind of soft countries, you know. So <laughs> it's kind of choose your illusion out here. You can choose the I one know. of the uh of the taxpayer, you can choose the one of the maniac, you can choose the one of, you know. It's a thing, yeah. So that's why I don't talk about it. I love it. <laughs> <clears throat> Yo, it makes sense too, because of the streetlight show, like you know you're about to get your face punched. Like, you know, sometimes literally and sometimes just with like the godsmack yeah. of the performance you're about to see. I, I I'm sure you've heard this because obviously you're in the band, but mm. Streetlight is one of like maybe three or four bands where I have friends who like work in the industry that where the sound guy actually likes the concert and that never happens. Like streetlight you know, is like one of the few bands. That's how you judge them. Like the sound guy is like, you look over it's you. Whenever I see a streetlight, the sound guy is always bobbing. Yeah. And you know what? We take that as a high honor. Cause they see everybody. Like, cause you're everybody, right everybody. Like there's been time right before we show up where it's been like Guar. Some nights has been Snoop right before us. You know, oh, and it's the, yeah, and it's the same group of people running the thing. I call them the lifers. They get to be involved in it no matter what. They wear mm -hmm. all black during the day. You see what I'm saying? They wear all mm -hmm. black. They're in the group. They're the lifers. You'll find them at festivals, you know, yep. stuff. So Netta does, you know, she's one of them. Production, <laughs> yeah, you wear all black during the day. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'm showing <laughs> I'm up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're a lifer. And it's like, if people like me show up, I have no idea what's going on. None, you know. <laughs> So it's not good. I just got for, my trumpet. Yeah, you know. Uh but uh, make the doot doots. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, it's it's making the doot doots. It's so weird, guys, because it's like 
All right, let me tell you this story. Like, I don't know anything about ska music. My favorite ska band is The Police. All right. <laughs> yeah, like, I know nothing so, about the genre. Is this a theme with all of Streetlight? Because Pete was the <laughs> same way, and it blew my mind. And then I'm like, now, like, knowing Streetlight, I'm like, yeah, that kind of makes sense that y'all yeah. come from different worlds. Yeah, and that's the thing, you know. I think it was, is it a thing with Streetlight? I'm going to say, I don't know if it's a thing because I can't really say it's a thing, but I'll say yes where there's only four guys in that band that were like kind of lifers of that genre. And I think the other guys in the band were guys who went to music school primarily, you know, and we all like music. We all like cool music, that genre, you know, I, I don't think all of us like grew up listening to that type of music, you know, the way the fans do. Like, I find out about the genre from the people I talk to after the shows, you know. like I love that. So, weirdly for me, I was never really... I listened to, like, the Mad Caddies when I was younger and, like, a bit mm. of Real Big Fish. But I was never really into ska until, like, maybe the past couple of years. And I would say Whoa. that it's Streetlight that brought me to that world, which I hate really? saying because I know you guys don't really identify that way. But Not yeah, one hundred percent. But what album was it that you uh, checked out that was like, okay, these streetlight guys made this, so now I'm into the whole genre. What album was that? Um, to be honest, I think it was actually meeting other fans who were like really big on ska, and yeah, then they would be like recommend other music. But my first album was, um, if you say Keysby Nights, Matt's gonna walk. No, oh, it no. wasn't Keysby, and it wasn't no. everything went numb. Um, I'm just kidding. I love all those albums. <laughs> it it might have been numb. It might have been numb, actually. Okay, it was yeah, when I was I, in high school. Uh, it's funny to me, Matt, because you're in Streetlight Manifesto, but I definitely know I was probably a fan of your the band that you're in before you even knew who they were. Is that sound yeah, right? Literally. Yep, absolutely. I was, yeah. I go back to Catch 22. That was my first introduction, like with Top Yeah, I go back with them. I literally go back to them to uh, February 2007. It was January in 2007. I had just left college. I think Mike Brown had just joined the band. And they were like, yeah, you know, our trumpet player's about to leave. You know, you want to play in this band? You know, they record and tour and stuff. And I'm like, what type of music is it? They're like, um, you know, they call it ska music. It was like, well, we got a recording in L.A. February 7th. That was it. So that's where I met Tom was in the basement of the building. We were doing that recording and we went upstairs and recorded somewhere in between. That was it. Nice. Oh my God. I didn't know them <laughs> at all. I knew the four horn players. Like I'd went to school with those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, it was kind of a weird road because Chris that like I used to do this thing called drum and bugle core. It's like super nerdy marching band stuff, but it's awesome. I take back the nerdy, but the other people, it might be viewed as nerdy, but the us were very nerdy is cool here. Yeah. I was going to say yeah. nerdy is cool. <laughs> yeah. It was very serious. Like if you were a little kid and you wanted like the touring experience and you had like a classical instrument, like back in that day, like pre the year 2000, you could join a drum and bugle core. Hmm. Right. And if you were a band kid, that was like, the army for band kids like you're touring country you're rehearsing for 16 hours a day you know you're away from your parents there's like you know at night you're doing shows in stadiums in front of ten thousand people under big lights it was like it's like it's like um i don't even know how to say it was like army training camp for what i do now for the street light thing it's so weird because i it I don't, I'm not trying to talk about myself at all too, too much. That's another thing I hate is talking about myself. But when I went to college, I was trying to cultivate a unique thing to fit into it. 
like since I didn't know the scovers, it was like, how do I fit in with the whole music thing? Like I like jazz music. I'm nowhere near as any of those guys in New York City in 2007. So it all came about in a weird, perfect storm that afforded me more years to be able to practice to eventually get good, you know. Probably same thing for Sonetta too, you know, like how you got into making movies and stuff like that, you know. Oh yeah, it took like a decade, and I'm still like <laughs> young. You know, you're still you're still young. You know, you're still young. So it's like, you know Thank what I'm saying. You. So it took that decade. So that's like you starting at like 19 or 20. Mm. You know. Yeah, you're right. I shouldn't be so hard on it. You know? <laughs> I, I just keep I know. practicing things. I just want to be good at stuff. You're younger yeah, than I, me, and you're already ten years in. Damn. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a wild thing. I'm looking at your IMDb, and the thing about you is, <laughs> get off you there! Like, I gotta delete it. <laughs> I've met you like three times. Like you're never alluding to this. Like online, when you're talking to this girl, you're never alluding. Like you get it in the messages because the paragraphs are so long. You're like, my thoughts. I can't think that long. <laughs> Like, I don't think that you respond with like cool, and then I'll respond with like five paragraphs. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm like, wow, that is such a scope of understanding on things. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It is like literally, like, I've wowed a lot of those. people. like, wow, that is a man, I gotta think about things more because I just don't, <laughs> you know, and so uh. <laughs> yeah, so let me ask you that. Like, how did you get into that? Like, for me, it was going to college. Um, I met Chris Thatcher at a truck stop on in drum corps. I met uh, Pete in college, Mike Brown in school. I met Jim Conti. We were in a random funk band in North Jersey. Um, Tom, I met the night I was recording his album in 2007. That's when I met him. So for you, like, you know, having all those Damn. credits, like being born in Canada, how... How did you get into, like, the film thing of all things? So, um, <laughs> how do I tell this story? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, well, I've always always been a writer. Always. Since I was, like, five years old, I was always writing stuff. Like, mm -hmm. you know, we'd be, like, at a family event, like, my sister's soccer or the drive-in or something. And, like, I was always writing. Um, and people would always pass my parents and be like, oh, is yeah, she yeah, like doing don't. her homework? Like, what a good kid. And they're like, no, no, she's writing like a book. <laughs> um, wow, so that, it was kind of like I, I loved writing ever since I was really little. Uh, my parents put me in theater um, also around that same age. So like five, six ish, I was like writing and I have like a really crappy children's book that i wrote and illustrated when i was like probably about seven years old i still have it i'm like one day i will publish this <laughs> it'll be a masterpiece <laughs> i want to um, see this it's so bad it's called baby trap <laughs> and it's about like a uh, like a, a mom or a lady who like goes in a time machine or like some magic machine and is turned into a baby <laughs> it's so terrible <laughs> um but yeah, long story short. So I I was always writing. I was always acting in theater. And then uh, in high school, I took a film class. And I'd already filmed one thing before that point. And my dad had, like, edited it when I was in, like, elementary school. And at my babysitter's house, I used okay. to always, um, like, I would uh, transcribe scripts from films. So, like, Pirates of the Caribbean or different things. And then wow. I would make all the kids there act it out. <laughs> 
Um, so I was always doing that when I was little. And then, yeah, I took the film class when I was in high school. And then when I was going into post-secondary, no joke, applied for like 15 different programs all in the arts. I had like no idea what I wanted to do. So I did like media, um, arts, digital media, um, just like visual arts, a few film programs. Um, and then basically when it came down to like actually choosing, it came down to the film programs because it was a way of like incorporating all the arts together. And I was like, this is a good way of like bringing all my loves together. It's going to work perfectly. And then went to my first school and I kind of had like a midlife crisis there because the people I was in school with were like douchebags. And I was like, mm. eh, I'm not going to be able to fit in with these people. They suck. <laughs> uh, like, for example, wow, we were filming. I would never guess that. We yeah, never yeah. guess that from you. No, wow. I was awful. Like, Basically, like, we were filming one day on film, like, uh, actually on, like, 16 mil or something, and people, like, from a different group were, like, literally throwing stuff onto our set, like, paper and shit, like, for some reason, and, like, just being douches while we're actually filming, and it's, like, you can't redo film, and it's so expensive, and I just did not get it, and I had, like... I flipped out at them because I'm like, guys, like, what are you trying to do? Like, they were like trying to sabotage us or something. And then somebody walked by me and muttered. <laughs> I'll always remember this because I was like, who does this? They walked by and muttered spaz at me. And then that was kind oh of my, my moment where I was like, I can't deal with this. <laughs> like, I, I can't deal with these type of people. Like, so I ended up actually going, transferring to university for a year of psychology. And I was like, what am I doing? I'm an artist. <laughs> I, I don't belong here. Wow. So I went back to film and then. That's how it all went down. <laughs> Yo, that is very interesting. You know? <laughs> I mean, it all makes sense. It kind of does. I mean, because I feel like, yeah, especially the thing like, because in the music scene, we got a thing called vibing. Like, people don't really vibe you in ska because it's all beautiful, happy people wearing yellow and oranges and stuff. You know? <laughs> oh my God, that's like so true. So. They like pizza. They're very nice. The ska folks are very nice. That's why I ride with them. You know, they're very nice and they know a lot of things and they're super unassuming. So you see these kids in the audience, but you don't, you never know what they do. They're just like us in the band. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. It's like, so the whole audience is like 2,000 people that all got schemes and situations. They all like dope music. You know what I'm saying? So it's very different than I never want to talk bad about the jazz thing, but the jazz thing is more like court order. So you get a thing called vibing where it's like people will try to keep you out of that world. That's what you experienced, Miss Sonette, man. You got vibed. Yeah, I did get vibed. Oh, interesting. You got my heart. Yeah, they like try and keep you from getting into that. Well, I have no idea. I've never been a person like that. Because it's like me neither. That's really... why I didn't get it. Like, what the heck? Yeah. <laughs> why are people like yeah. this? Yeah, and it's, yeah, and I still to this day, you know. So that's why it's like it's an odd thing because you guys know about Streetlight Manifesto, and you guys are super accomplished people. But I'm here. Uh, I don't know if both of you guys are in the U.S., but I'm around Philadelphia. You know, so it's like the musicians who are around here are like playing with Rihanna, Jay Z, John Legend, um, Sweetie. Mm. Like, there's a whole universe of like the whole black touring musician thing that literally has no idea that I've been playing in Philadelphia every year to 2,000 people, every single year since 2007, and New York, and Chicago, and LA. And you see what I'm saying? So it's like the vibe, the vibes are still there even when you air quotes got a gig. 
it's it's just an interesting thing of it. I, and and you never know. Maybe it's people just not knowing you. They're just not comfortable with you around. I mean, that's kind of a lame thing to even speak of in an interview, but it is true. And I find that it's weird how those things make us better because it's like, it's not even competition necessarily, but it's like, it's it's a little bit of adversity that makes you work harder at it. It's like, mm-hmm. would you still have all those, would you still have all those things under your belt if they never vibed you that day? Yeah, for real. Do you do a lot of gig work as well? Um, I do like some freelance around here. That's probably that's primarily what I'm speaking about is like my kind of attempt at breaking into the gig work around here, which is hilarious because nobody knows who Streetlight is in my in my universe. You know what? I'll take that back. Two kids do. When I started going to the jams a lot recently, there are two kids in Philadelphia. Great trumpet players, great, amazing trumpet players. Like these dudes blow jazz circles around me in a way, you know, I'm not going to lie, mm-hmm. but you know, in a way they do. And yeah, they were listening to the Somewhere in the Between album when they were in middle school. And just because that was so long ago, that was like 14 years ago. Now these dudes are masters jazz students. Oh, so that's awesome. That feels so good. It, it feels good, but it's interesting because they're like 28 or 29. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Oh, you indoctrinated yeah. them. <laughs> yeah, so it's like they know about it, but do the people that I'm actually trying to meet know about it? Not really. Not really. So it's just an interesting thing where, like, like after time, how, uh, you know, professionals in the field know you for doing a thing that not only do you never think was that super serious, like Streetlight, we don't walk around thinking people are listening to it. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. unfortunate. Yeah, you know, like we do the show. <laughs> You know, like we do the shows, but like as everybody's living their life, we're not like, hey, somewhere somebody's listening to an album of me. I'm sure that's never crossing nobody's mind in Streetlight Manifest. Do you think that's what keeps you guys together so long? Um, I think so, yeah, because to us, it's never really been a thing. It's like we're doing it, you know, and it's a band and it's awesome and we're all doing it. But it's like, it's not, you know what? I'll say this. I can't say for us because for me, it's different because I am, I think everybody else in the band has like a real life, real life job. So for hmm. me, it's always been, even when it came to writing it, because it's like, I'm coming at it. How do I say it? Hmm, what if I, what if we were interviewing you? Like I'm looking at the IM, like if I were to look at the IMDB thing, there's a thing called American Gods that Sonetta walked, worked on. Right. <laughs> You worked on that, Samantha? I just did background acting one day, but it, that's a cool story because I met Marilyn Manson that day. But anywho. <laughs> yeah, yes, Matt, anywho, right? My roommate, cool. yeah, my roommate watches the show, right? So it's like, imagine if we were interviewing her just for her work in American Gods. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that would not be I'd a be good like, I, I'd be like, hey, that's too funny. But so, you, you know, you make your... um. Do you make your living as a musician, like would you say? Weird. I yes, I have been making a living as a musician, but I'm not like super rich or anything. It's like I'm I especially with this pandemic thing, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Kind of through before the loop. But um yeah, I definitely have been doing that, but how do I even say it? It's like, hmm. And not sound like a weird super capitalist also, because that's another thing. It's like, okay, so you're a musician, right? Or I'm a musician, I'm in street light. After a while, when you go on tour, like a whole, whole lot, like I've been around the whole planet four times, right? With that band since 07. Wow. 
you start to notice that your friends can go just because of the jobs they have. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Mm. Like, That's like you the can book art world, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Like you guys can book a vacation. And when you're, if you're yeah. straightly doing it as a musician, you maybe not be able to. Like if you're, if you're a super mentally healthy person who is very disciplined, you can also be a teacher. And that gives you like your squarer job, you know? Mm. And I'm definitely not trying to be morbid with this description. Uh, and how streetlight has been for me or my life. But it's like when you're mostly making money from that and freelance stuff, you're trying to break into these scenes, like these jazz scenes. You can get to play with these people that are making like 150 grand. Um, once again, I'm sorry for the numbers, but this is, you know, you're talking to a trumpet player right now. So, yeah, explain. No, dude, I love this stuff. This is, I think people need to hear that. Because, yeah, musicians, most musicians are poor and no one ever talks about that. And like, I, yeah, I, I, that's the thing. I remember, I don't. I was older than I should be, but I was embarrassed by it to be like having that realization that just because someone's on television doesn't mean they have a million dollars. Like, yes. you know, like I, you're know, like I remember, or like I remember, I grew up more in like the the punk scene in Connecticut, and I like these dudes would be like three or four years older than me, and like you know we'd go to these punk shows and like scream and cry and like have these moments, and then like a week later you'd be at like Denny's and they're waiting tables, and you're like. Yeah, oh. it's so exactly. True. I think for all the arts, really, like if you're an independent artist and you're not like a, oh, I hate to say sellout, but you know, like for in the film world, it's like you're either working for Hollywood and you're still probably not making bang unless you're, you know, like a huge celebrity or something. But otherwise, it's like as an independent artist, you need to balance that because like, I know for me, like, I don't want to compromise my art because I'm getting money from a certain source that's going to tell me like how to make it their way kind of thing. Like, exactly. Bullshit. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, you know, it absolutely is. So that's the whole thing with being like, and this is another word. It's weird. Uh, I live in America. So this is a word. Like when I was a kid in New York, uh, they had a word for the guys who played all the gigs. They used to call them giggers. It sounds like another word in America of low social status, too, where it's like your life. Yeah, is like, I don't think I can say playing. one. Yeah, it's like that's what it was because your life is to fight off of playing the gigs. So it's like you kind of yeah. have to be able to fit into the format that people want to hire you, right? And for mm -hmm. musicians, like the kind that we were trained to be, a lot of the dudes in Streetlight, like that was our thing. Like we were being trained to be New York regulars. Like those were the teachers we had. All of our teachers played all the Broadway, all the symphony, all the orchestra stuff. You know, some of those dudes toured with bands like Steely Dan or played with Barbara Streisand or were in the city opera. A lot of them were like accomplished jazz dudes, like had their own albums and were part of the lineage, as we call it. That's who our teachers were when we were in university. So when it came to the streetlight thing, that's kind of the place that... That's the place I took it because I didn't know ska, so I was trying to make it like a resume calling card. So when I came to somewhere in the between, there are so many different musics on somewhere in the between that I'm definitely, I'm basically just trying to sell authentically. You know, like I'm not writing all of the stuff. Like I said, I'm playing a role in it, but I think the thing that makes it like a thing is coming from me trying to bring attention to it that has nothing to do with the ska universe. Mm -hmm. you see what i'm saying like the albums and you know don't tell these dudes i say that because everybody thinks i'm a weird ego test but a lot of stuff i'm playing i'm trying to get earth wind and fire to hear you see nice. what i'm saying yes. i'm trying to get I love them. to hear that and be scared mm -hmm. of that 
I'm trying to get all of the big boys to hear the little band over here with the sea of white kids wearing yellow and red. They're all short and little, right? And then sure. over here are the big kids. You know, they're all wearing gold teeth and big and big big clothing <laughs> and showing up in May box. I wanted them to be able to hear that band and get scared. Nice. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because there wasn't a thing like they didn't have the musical component for. It's so weird. I'm not even going to use this word, but it is. It's called World Conquest. I'm a trumpet player. <laughs> See what I'm saying? I'm a trumpet player. <laughs> yeah, it is. So encoded in the thing is like, it's like the spreadingness of it. Like it's weird. It's a weird thing to even talk about because you never want anybody to think that you're big on yourself or crazy. And Sonetta can probably relate to this, but at some point you got to know what you're giving to the whole job. What your deal like, is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What yeah. you feel is, and also what your worth is. Like this is a genre mm -hmm. called film. So, Netta Duncan, who are you to be able to comment on it? <laughs> See what I'm saying? Do you have the stars? Do you have the battle stories? Do you have the triumph reefs to be like, in film, I'm so Netta Duncan. And you, if you talk to me and deal with me about it, you might be able to get up on this level yourself. Maybe. You know, so, maybe fun little... story about scars and film, if you guys want to hear it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, so, a couple years ago... Uh, making a film prop it's like a cut out cardboard window but out of like the hard cardboard forget what it's called cardstock or whatever mm -hmm. um ended up cutting my finger with a exacto uh, blade and now i have 12 oh stitches my in my freaking finger that's been scarred <laughs> so i oh literally my. have the, <laughs> the scars exactly <laughs> You know what I'm saying? And it's like, it's all figuratively because a lot of it, it's, it's crazy. It's like, you know, because I think I met Sonetta at a show. Sonetta is super humble for the powerhouse that she is. You know, it's like, she's never exactly. going to tell you. Like, you got to Google it. Yeah. She's not going to tell true. you who she is. I think I know Sonetta for like two and a half years. And she yeah. never let the cat out of the bag. And I totally forgot. But I look. I googled you before the interview started, and I was like, "Oh yes, I remember." You know, you googled me during the interview. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, like half an hour ago. You know, I'm not coming out here. You know, you know, I don't know. You know, you just, just, had to. You, you know. Because I don't want to be talking crazy. You see what I'm saying? Because it's two very professional people. And like I said, a lot of the times, it's so weird. Yeah, so let's go back to the musician's poor thing, right? Here's mm -hmm. the thing. I don't even know if I can say this. Well, you can say yeah, it in worst case, cut out. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. I'm going to say this. I think musicians who don't really know what they're doing are poor. How about that? And I shouldn't really say that because I can't say who, what knowledge is and what steps you can take. But I think like, I don't know. I think if you're like involved in the ways that things get done, you know, wherever you are, what city you are, that it's gonna bring some sure. monetary, it's gonna, it's gonna bring it back to you in some way. Even if you do have to get a day job and you're just playing in the bars in your town on the weekend, eventually you're gonna have four gigs a week and you're gonna be making a thousand every weekend or something. If sure. you're doing like the bar gig, eventually, you know, it spirals to that, that type of thing. Right. So a lot of my experience, yeah, a lot of my experience over the past 10 years is finding who had the juice, like who has, who had the businesses and who had like the situation set up to where, you know, 
they could really live live well as people and be a part of the arts. So You're like, let me join a ska band. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. A hundred other dudes. <laughs> like, why don't I yeah, just have exactly. a guitar? <laughs> why can't I just be Connor Oberst and just take all that money? Damn it. Uh, well, the thing is, it's like, it wasn't even about that because it's like, there's huger bands than ska bands that are doing it. it. It Basically, long story short, it got me into the behind the scene things. It's like what it actually takes to make a show happen. Like, Sinet is involved in production, you know, like, um, yeah, like what, yeah, like all the things it takes to make a show actually happen. And when you see what the artists and the producers and those people are actually really doing back there, because I don't know Streetlight, I just know Tom. You see what I'm saying? I don't know who mm-hmm. they are. I'm in a band, but I just know the guy. So I'm seeing the guy do the stuff all day when we're doing the thing. You see what I'm saying? And it's like, wow, that's. <laughs> I see the guy doing the thing, but we do the thing. <laughs> yeah, that's it. You know, so you're seeing the person. It's probably a lot like Sonetta's life. You're at a lot laptop a lot, you know, yeah. you're handling and managing all these things, you know. So it was bringing that tech to the uh, to the classical instrument artist where it's like we're kind of more service industry. Like we play for we're either teaching school or we're playing for orchestras. Mm. You see what I'm saying? It's like it's very different than what, yeah, it's different than what people think music is for if you're like playing an instrument, like you being a solo artist, you're like, I'm going to be a solo artist. <laughs> like, what am I going to do? Why do I want to do that? You know what I'm saying? Like, I play solos, but I'm not like trying to have pretty pictures and purple hair and, yeah. you know, be like a solo You should do artist. that, purple like, hair. <laughs> you know, it, it would definitely be a thing. I might do that, you know, our diet straight <laughs> platinum blonde, like the dude from Demolition Day. You know what I'm saying? That's that that so old. You guys don't even remember it. Sorry, I don't. No idea. <laughs> I don't look it up. You wait. No, okay. So let's I stop. Right there. Now, nah, this is the streetlight moment. This streetlight moment is great, right? So this is what I try and do at the shows, right? So I've now convinced you two that I'm a nerd and that I'm human and all of those things that make people comfortable with talking to me. Dude, if you, if you look but it you up, it doesn't never seen up on Google. Is that a TV show? Uh, it was a movie. Or it was Demolition Man. <laughs> well, you gotta tell us the real thing, or else we can't find it. Yeah, yeah dude, if you look it up, it doesn't even exist. Demolition Man, nineteen ninety three. I yeah, remember that was... the name. Oh, I see him. Yeah, That's Demolition a good Man. Movie. That was oh, yeah, okay, Wesley right. Snipes. So I, yeah, so I think that movie is so old to where the future in that movie is right now. Um, if what? you guys get a chance, definitely check out Demolition Man. Uh, they were exactly right. The future is exactly like in Demolition Man right now. Uh, Taco Bell was a luxury restaurant. Um, cocktail Still music is. was the Jolly Green Giant. Um, How dare you diss very... Taco Bell? <laughs> yeah, it was that. Uh, yo, my girl loves Taco Bell. Like, I could it's never really good. get into it. I when I became vegetarian, actually. Oh, sorry, dude. Uh, when I became I mean, vegetarian, actually, that was the one of the things I missed most was no joke Taco Bell. <laughs> that is so crazy. It's so interesting. So, are both of you guys in Canada? No, I'm in Rhode Island. Okay, you're in Rhode Island. She's in Canada. So, I mean, we got to ask more uh, Sonetta questions because it's like, how did you even <laughs> get like on these levels? You know what I'm saying? That's why I like talking to the streetlight folk because you never know who they are. No They're one, so no one knows. So that and I have never met. In yeah, person, Chris and I have never met yet. We're well, gonna see you at uh, 
December, hopefully. I, yeah. I just got my tickets for Boston. Boston. Okay, that'd be cool. Can I actually do want to ask you though, like what's it like touring though? From going from like not wow. very, like just meeting Tom to being like, hey, nice to meet you. Let's uh, pour our souls into this <laughs> art. To, now let's all get in a van and drive cross country and play some weird ass wow. music. Wow, oh, some okay. weird punk beds. <laughs> yeah. Okay. okay. So I couldn't even really imagine. No. Um, for a kid who was 26, and also, so here's the thing. I'm 16 years old. I start in marching band, right? And uh, I'm an insomniac. I'm hanging out with the trumpet. I'm reading weird books, you know. So are you smoking a lot of weed? Huh? What'd you say? Are you smoking a lot of weed at this age? And absolutely not. Like in my upbringing, really? absolutely <laughs> not. Yeah, no, not until I get to college. You're and a I good... meet my homie Sergio. Yeah, okay, I was so you're a good. good. I was just naive. Yeah, I was just a naive kid. Like I think you guys even went to shows when you were a kid. I was a trumpet yeah. Ronin cub. Like I didn't go to this shows. This is so funny I watched to me, man. Miles Davis footage. I watched Miles Davis footage. I played trumpet technique stuff. I used to walk around in pleated pants. Um, I live in a town called Wilmington, Delaware. One of the greatest trumpet players ever is from here, Clifford Brown. So when I was 14, I was over here at the Clifford Brown Festival, uh, hanging out and studying with a trumpet player named Donald Bird. That's who so I, where I was from 14 to 17. Yeah. And Donald Bird was one of the people who invented bebop. <laughs> He's one of the people who invented crossover music. Whoa, um, you should definitely is... check Donald Bird out. If you have no idea who Donald Bird is, check him I out. I don't. Um, Googling now. Yeah. Uh, for comparison, you and I, we're similar in age. I'm 36, but I, I didn't grow up in Wilmington, Delaware. But if I did, um, I would have done the Boy Sets Fire shows because that's what, you know, that. And so apparently you and I would have both been in yeah. the same uh, stadium, yes. just different sides. Where I would have uh, been in the hardcore yeah. shows you were at. Yeah, absolutely. Because, yeah, there was definitely a scene for that. Because there's some people that were from around here. I'm actually from a town called Pensgrove, New Jersey which is like the edge. It's like a very small little country town, 5,000 populace. It's right at that bottom of New Jersey. Um, oh, okay. Very yeah, lucky, yeah. Yeah. Very lucky upbringing. I came up around a lot of classy and very sweet people. It was a very sweet, sweet upbringing. So I came up playing church music. Like I came up in the gospel church. That's how I kind of have that oh, connection wow. to all of okay. those other yeah, and it's funny because the thing you guys call punk rock ska is our shouting beat. And the American gospel church, like, that's a shouting beat. So people in the churches oh, I grew up in, they run around and jump up and down and praise the Lord to what I love gospel music. I will not lie. Yeah. Huh. It's a thing, it. you know? Yeah, it's definitely a thing. So um, it was weird. It's, it Tom's was, lyrics uh, are kind of spiritual-ish. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's a weird thing. About this, where you say a, I would say there's some people who, in certain churches who probably don't like the words he uses. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a thing. I mean, I think all of that, it's so weird because I think that's just all how you come through. You know, it's like you, it's like, hmm, I, this is definitely not with Tom, but I think like with groups of people, you know, it's like I'm never trying to say anything about anything, but it's like, we was kids following uh, Real Big Fish and Lester Jake doing, you know, it was like, so yeah, for me, I needed deities, but that goes back into that trumpet part. So I have two it's things like, for you, Matt. So my first thing is, so actually my very first show I saw of you guys was actually the Real Big Fish tour. Um, Would have been, <laughs> anywho. That's, that's, that's hilarious. <laughs> he dipped. <laughs> They're sweet guys. They're sweet dudes. Real Big Fish is really sweet yeah. guys. And so that would have been actually right you after know? you started uh, 
started in Streetlight because I saw you guys. I think the very first show would have been 2008 when you guys did the Mad Caddies and Real Big Fish that year. Wow. Um, okay. And it's funny. So I have a funny story about this though. So you guys were opening for Real Big Fish. This would have been either 2008 or 2009. And literally, okay. no joke, half the venue left like of the audience left after you guys performed so before oh, Big Fish came on, yeah it, mm -hmm. so that was kind of messed up and then there's also yeah. um i remember real big fish whipped a cd into the audience and nobody wanted it and like people were just like moshing on top of it and i ended up grabbing it and then i now i have this real big fish album i've never opened <laughs> Yo, that's that. I think I kind of do remember some of that. <laughs> I kind of do remember some of that. I kind of do. It's like, <laughs> it was yeah, so I mean, random. Yeah, like everyone left yeah. for the headliner, but they're just there. It was, the <laughs> it's so random because I remember those things, right? I do remember those things, and I definitely shouldn't be saying that stuff in this in public at all. But I do remember <laughs> those things because it was like back then in 2007, before everybody was grown up, it was kind of like we were the new dudes on the block. Yeah. I do Especially remember, in like, like a foreign country. Oh, yeah, in the foreign countries and even in, like, you know, playing big places. I remember because the tour was, it was like street, it was a real big fish less than Jake and Streetlight. And we were like, you know, like their little raggedy brothers that they were bringing around to open up for them and whatnot. Like, this is my first time ever being on the road. But like I said, I do kind of remember some of that where it was like, in the very beginning, some of the fans were, like, very sectarian with the thing. I think then it evolved, like, mm. over time it evolved where, like, every ska band, every ska fan loves every ska band. Like, it yeah. got cold mm. after a while where it's, like, now now the ska fans, cause like I said, I'm hanging with them. I'm literally the guy from Robin Hood running around with Robin Hood. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm hanging mm. with them, watching what they turn into as they grow, and they love every band, you know? But I do remember those days when it was things like that. I definitely do. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, that was RV days. That was like <laughs> strawberries all over the floor. There were piss bottles and stuff. Oh, God. It was crazy. <laughs> it was crazy. Get an RV with the toilet. What are you guys doing? <laughs> uh, we had to take the toilet out. See, what it was was the year before I got in, they all had bought an RV because that was a great idea, right? So they took everything from outside the RV and they put bunk beds in it, you know, and they were like these hardwood bunk beds that they built in this RV and it didn't really work out. It wasn't that safe at all. Like I remember at some point we were, I was laying on my back in one of these beds and I could see the, like the wall flapping off at the side of the roof. And uh, yeah, we just kept rocking it. So it wasn't necessarily structurally sound. The toilet wound up somewhere, so we couldn't use the toilet. So we had to pee in bottles and put them in the closet where the toilet was. Shit. <laughs> yeah, that was streetlight. That was streetlight, 2007 to 2010. Then we convinced the old man to get a bus. So we found the cheapest bus he could find. It was called the Gunship. We had a cool driver named Gio Bomarito. He was like 5'2". He was an interesting man, Gio was. You know. Aren't all bus drivers fascinating? I've you know, legit Bro, the heavy, yeah, like they're the heaviest people. Like I said, the production people, like Sonetta, you yeah, know, the lifers. you know, it's like, yeah, they're the lifers, like, and uh, <laughs> yeah, this dude, 
this dude's dad was in the diamond business. He is a he drives around the country with the bus and remodels Bed Bath and Beyonds. And he had another friend with him that was a hunter. And this guy had like a certain type of cool shotgun. They were going to hunt boar after they dropped us off after the last tour. I was like, God damn. So this is why I'm employing deities to move around the U.S. Yeah, I mean, come on. <laughs> so, Matt, that was my follow-up. So do you have specific deities that you um, like? Wow. <laughs> um, I can't even – you know what? Honestly, it's a weird black Christian, like Baptist in America, right? You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Um, I'm familiar. So let – yeah, right. So here's the thing. So you got the judging Baptist, and I think that's the white folks, not to be racist about it, because they could judge. Usually, yeah, it's like agreed. if you're black Christian in America, if you're black Christian in America, you kind of got to get rid of the judgment because your life might just be shit. You know what I'm saying? You know, you might, yeah. everything in the Bible, your life might be different then. So you can't really be judging people. So you're usually using it so you can survive. You know what I'm saying? And I said, it's like sure. using it, it's mostly, it's mostly just an engine of optimism so you can go forward into the unknown. You don't have enough money. You don't have the education. You see what I'm saying? So now you have to step forward into this unknown space and dominate it for survival. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, so yeah. which deities do I use? It's weird, right? Um, because I'm not, I, I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm a super religious dude. It's like, I just try to be good to people. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I just try to be good to people and I try to go around giving out good energy. You know what I'm saying? And I'm sure there's a name for one of them that does that. So that's the one I rock with. You know, it's a blessed situation when you can be a part of the stuff that people love. You know, so you're just trying to go around and do it justice you know but also do yourself justice artistically you know so i feel you know street light is a cool uh is a cool uh is a cool vehicle so to answer the question i say the one of self and that's embarrassing to answer you see what i I'm appreciate this answer. Person, you're not supposed to conceive of you know what I'm saying? You're not supposed to conceive as yourself, even though Christianity tells you you're the son of, you're the living son of the deity made in that thing's image. You know, you're not supposed to believe that you have the same characteristics of that. Thing. Like prestidigitation, multiplication, the ability to heal, the ability to call things into existence, like little rusty garage bands and make them, you know, world world pouring like scimitar sounds that people know and think are real bands <laughs> you know what i'm saying it's like uh, you know, all these little you see what i'm saying all those little things get to open up in your mind if you got room for the grandiose so that's why i think you know using a deity in art in the arts it's you know or even having a concept of a deity in your head is valuable because if you think like people you'll get people results you see what I'm saying? But if you can think on a higher yeah. level, on a level that you can do more service, like how can I do the most service? You know what I'm saying? So and my grandfather had, might come um, <laughs> my grandfather had a really good thing that, well, my grandma always told me, but my grandfather said it. Um, so she always said that my grandfather was one of the most Christian man, men that she ever knew. And it wasn't because he went to church every Sunday and it wasn't because he like prayed all the time or anything like that. It was because he would like do good to all 
all the people in his life. He would always help them out every chance he got. Like, it's really at the end of the day. And I think this is where religion for me, like I'm spiritual. I'm not religious. I do go to church sometimes. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, like I've read the Bible, like I get it. But like, for me, it's really about like being a good person is really what it comes down to and not being a good person because of fear of punishment or fear of hell or fear of any of this shit. Like it's about really just like, being a good person because you genuinely like that's what you need to do that's what comes from inside and it really is an energetic thing i think at the end of the day that's just my beliefs you know and the um, thing the, and 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 also continuing with that like here in the u.s you know how the u.s is all like thing based like it is very capitalistic like you guys are very nice people but i mean my man you're in rhode island right so you know it's a get money state that's what we do around here you know what I'm saying? So then it gets into you have these gifts, like you have the gift of film, right? So over here in like kind of the black Baptist thing, you have this gift. So now you have to walk on it. You mm. see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like and it's kind of like your you obligation, your gift, purpose. You have to use it as service, not the same. Yes, you're obligated, right? So that was a big thing in my childhood. It's like, okay, I can kind of play the trumpet enough to annoy people. You know, so how do I grow this gift, you know, and that puts it into like the myth. Now it's in the mythos thing. I think we had a small talk about this earlier to where it's Mm. like easy to put yourself off into the mythical side of things to where you study your craft. You're here to be of service, you know, so if someone asks you to get on an RV and drive across the U.S. in a genre of music that you've never really heard. <laughs> You'll do it, you know. I still can't get over that it part. Gives you an opportunity and you're like, sure. to be of service with your gift. Yeah, it's your duty. That's- it's like you said about being like in the military, uh, the military training for band yeah. kind of thing. Like <laughs> it's your duty. Yeah, yeah, it's your duty yeah, because you can service. do it. You know what I'm saying? And it's like you know. It, yeah, and the people give back to you, and they do, you know, like, just hang with you guys, you know, and, like, even being at the shows, it's kind of a magical thing. It's you know, the closest the to the spiritual day, I get. With the Scott thing, from what I'm observing, because I'm a jazz dude, so yeah, on- selling love. There's a lot of love. It's like, you know, even in big yeah. shows in general, you know. Hmm? Well, I was yeah, well, say, it's I'm- funny. Oh, sorry, go ahead, uh, just a quick antidote um, or whatever, antidote, whatever the freaking word is. Um, so last streetlight show that I went to see, which was in Jersey. So it was actually your last show that you had uh, end of 2019, I guess. I keep forgetting 2020 was a year. Um, a dude actually said at the end of the show to yeah, us yeah. that, <laughs> did I get the dates right? <laughs> um, a dude actually said to us at the end of the show, dude, now I know why people go to church this is like the most like spiritual connection I've had being around all these people and we're here for the same thing. And like, he like Mm. went into this whole rant about like how this show specifically, and it was the last show. So December 22nd, I think 2019, he went into this rant about how it was like, like he gets now why people go to church coincidentally and like why they have this sort of like, eh, I don't know, group of people. Um, that they are like-minded with and then like they feel connected with and then they feel like it brings them to a different spiritual level. Um, 
But I thought that was so funny because I'm like, this yeah. is how I felt. <laughs> this is how I feel at shows all the time. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for saying it. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. And, and I think it's beautiful. And I think they all go hand in hand. And I think sometimes like, you know, especially with the religion thing, there's so much, there's so much history on it that there's so much history and negativity with it. that It's like it's sexier press than like a show or like anything, even sports. Mm. You know, there's really something to that human herding thing where they all just feel good. Because, like, when you're looking down at the crowd, it's all one single thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's all one organism. Um, and, and from my perspective, I will definitely say they're kind of making it happen. Like, the crowd is kind of making the thing happen. Like, when you get into the middle of the show, like, you know, you know it's very out of body. You know, not to get floofy, la la, woo woo, but that's where I'm living at. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that's where I live at. You know, being a musician, like yeah, it's very out of body. Like it's an hour and a half or hour and forty five minutes. It really feels like fifteen. You know, um, you're doing like, you know, it's it's definitely you're definitely in the third place making that stuff happen. At least for me, that's how music has been. Uh, you know, like I'm better in the performance than I am in rehearsal. So it's like, yeah, it's it's definitely. It's definitely a thing to where it's like, yo, I feel uh, happy to be a part of this. You know. So there was a really cool experience I had like, when I went to your guys's 300 cap show, and so I went with my dad. It was the first relay show I've ever brought my dad to, and we traveled all the way from Toronto to Jersey, which was epic. Um, and so we stood on the balcony um, overlooking like the crowd, and seriously, so I have some okay. footage of this that I put on the YouTube um, thing, but. But basically, it was like the watching the because I'm always yeah, down as part of the crowd. And then this was the first time when I was ever actually like watching like audience from like above up and like or above down. And it was like the way that everybody was moving. It's like exactly like you said, Matt. Like it's like an organism. Yes. Like you're watching the energy flow. Like it was like like it was mind mind blowing because it was like you're actually watching these people like go around like the just the movement i can't describe it without like actually like showing a visual but it was like it was yeah. the first time where i got it like i got how it worked and like i had like a big epiphany from it i'm like oh my god this is like i get it now <laughs> exactly, that was right really cool yeah you know, so it's like, so that's my experience, like touring, you know, we'll go back to that question so we can keep it moving. Like, you know, what is it like touring? Um, if you're crazy and you think that that's what you're supposed to be doing in your life because of your, well, like the pick of destiny, you know what I'm saying? Then <laughs> pick a destiny, awesome. do not drop Tenacious D references with me. I love them. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, if that's where your head is at, which I think most artists are like, you know, because you're young, you know, there aren't any wife and kids yet. You know what I'm saying? Congratulations, my man over there being married. Um, oh, you know. Yeah. You know, it's like there isn't any of that yet. So you're like in this story, like you're young man, like you're, 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 you know, you're Jason and the Argonauts. You're out there, you're playing this music, you're trying to get this done. I don't even think you know why at that point. I don't really think there was a why yet. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I definitely don't think there was a why yet, but we're just like, nah, we're just doing it. You know, we're just doing it to do it. Like, we'll take these drives, people are fun. You know, it's just great to be a part of that process in the world, like how energy flows from nothingness into somethingness into a group of people, you know, and it's like, are the people making that or are you making that? 
or collectively are you making it together mm -hmm. in a way exactly yeah you know exactly like there are all these droplets forming all around the country you know by happenstance and what comes out of that you know people get married out of those things businesses get formed you know you know it's a, now i'm rambling about nonsense but <laughs> well, it's not nonsense <laughs> no it's not nonsense it's great well well, I mean, it's true, right? Like music brings people together. And like, so like I work my, my day job, I, I work in like behavioral health. Uh, but like what you were saying about playing on stage and like, you're like, oh yeah, you play for an hour and a half. You know, it's like 15, feels like 15 minutes. I'm like, oh my God, that is uh, what we would call like, that's, that's practicing mindfulness. And like, it's, you know, it's Zen, it's science. We'd call that flow state. There's just so many different exactly. words. To the same, same thing. Exactly. Exactly. So here's the thing. Now we're going back to the other questions. Yeah, a lot of musicians are poor, right? My thing is that those chemicals become addicting. You know mm, what I'm saying? So you do, yeah, you do have to watch yourself because, you know, it, it could lend itself, you know, because it's all about survival here. So at some point in your life, or maybe it's not, there's a lot of magic in it. Because at some point as a musician, you're like, yeah, if I keep, keep going, I keep, keep going, I keep, keep going, that this wellspring of life is going to fall down on me and I'm going to be able to live from this like all my other friends live. You know, with mortgages, mm. wives and kids, the houses, the vacations, you know, everybody at the beach all happy, you know, like you're thinking you're going to try to make these things all happen. And it's weird. I guess they kind of do. I can't say they don't, you know, but, uh yeah i definitely think at some point that um at some point yeah people definitely choose to uh you know how what are you going to do to support that you know and people get full other jobs you know to be able to support being a part of that process you know it's uh you know. for me like i definitely ended up having to get like real quote-unquote jobs in order to just even afford making art yeah <laughs> Yeah, I hate that. <laughs> yeah, no, for real, for real, because it's like that point you're making right now, that is something like I look back on that it's like, I, I don't like to look in the past and say what I should have done. But it's like, yeah, the stress, that's how the pandemic was for me. The pandemic was such a stopple of stuff. It was such that it gave me a chance to reflect on like how my life had been for the past like 13 years before it of just nonsense stop if it wasn't street light it was another a, a freelance thing and like i said here i'm trying to run after all these people that have all these mm -hmm. more developed careers you know what i'm saying and i'm getting my own vibes and my own door slammed in my face i mean some things are happening like great things are happening but uh yeah it's you trying to be a part of something you know and eventually you know maybe you just wind up being yourself out here and maybe it works you know, maybe well, that's what I that. think, like, age-old thing is, like, you you know, like, especially as we were talking about, like, spiritualism and stuff, it's, like, my thing is, like, I'll just be me, you know, like, I've learned this the hard way many times, but I'll just be me, I'll just do my thing, and, like, whatever is meant to happen is gonna happen, like, that's my, I have two age-old quotes, the first one mm -hmm. is, everything happens as it's meant to, so don't fret, <laughs> the that's second heavy, one is, <laughs> the second one is if you persevere you'll always end up being rewarded in some regard oh. so especially yo, when it comes to it, the arts <laughs> it's yo that's real right so it's crazy because i was watching you know um i was watching this a video of this rabbi talking right and uh it was a rabbi guy talking to a whole bunch of other cats that go to a rabbi church and um you know they were asking him about business 
right? And they were like, yeah, how do we know that these efforts are going to work out? Like, we're out here trying to do all these things, you know, like get this happening, but how do we know it's going to work out? And Rabbi was like, it all works, you know? So that was deep how quick he said it, like that saying the failures, you know what I'm saying? Like the loss of it, like, you know, the feeling of the loneliness feelings, like the pressure, like, I don't know how much pressure there is with the film thing, but, uh, Oh, tons. <laughs> yeah, you know, and competition because film is yeah. like super duper sexy, you know. Everybody wants to be involved in film, you know. Yeah, especially being a Canadian clothes. filmmaker. Like Canadian film is did not do good. That's not where it's at. Because no, of America, man. Because you guys have oh, yeah. over all Violence. of our cinemas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it's more America, America has owns- like America owns all of our cinemas, our radio. Like you guys own really? so much of our shit. Yeah. Yeah. Really. That's so our musician, that's why like Bieber, for example, like our only like Canadian musician. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why he had to like become Americanized. That's why like all of our filmmakers end up having to go to America. All of our actors have to go to America. Wow. Like it's brutal. Comedians too. Comedians, yeah, yeah. yeah. All, I all believe of that. Home. You know what? I mean, but here is like the mall. It's like, I feel like if you live in countries like Canada, like that is, it. you know, it's part of the British thing, you know, it's got some French heritage, so it's like a kingdom. So I feel like Canada is built for people to live in, whereas like America is here, like you're here to work in and produce stuff that you're trying to make a lot yeah. of money off of. Agreed. So and be taxed. Like that's yeah. literally like, that's and you fair. can feel it. Like it's the same thing when you step out of the American bubble and people are just like cold chilling. And you're like, what's up with you guys? Why ain't you got no problems? And they're like, we ain't got problems. We don't do problems here. Like, we're not selling <laughs> problems to make money. And then you go back through the thing. You go back into America and, like, the music is loud and people are looking at you weird because your skin is dark. And you're like, oh, we make money off of problems here. That's what we do. <laughs> problems I'm <home>. solutions. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? And you're happy for it because it's interesting. But I will say during this pandemic, this is the longest I've ever been in the United States consecutively since 2007. It is a hard place. The U.S. is a hard place. Like, yeah. a lot of beautiful stuff here. And there's a lot of things you can do. Like, there's a lot of opportunity here. I will definitely say that. Like, if you come here, you can come from the bottom to being like a big shit. But... It's ahead of it compared to other countries in the world. It is so, it's so stressful. It's like a stress barn in this bad boy. And it's very interesting, I find. But, you know, it makes the music and it makes those arts. And it's just like, it's definitely been culture shock being in the U.S. for two years. Uh, Speaking of flow state, um, I just, I just checked the clock. It's actually, we already hit our hour. I just felt like two minutes. Uh, So I just want to make sure I'm mindful of your time. Is there anything... Um, that we missed that we wanted to cover before we kind of tail towards the end? Oh, for me, yeah. Um, Honestly, I think, and it's like, you know, I think this was a great start to one. I do. Like, we all sat down, we had this conversation, you know. Well, consider this an open invitation. You you both are, we we could definitely do this again in person, online. This would be tons of fun. I, I, I had to, like, look up at... At least twice I had to look up words and you guys said something like, okay, they are smarter than me. <laughs> Lies. <laughs> I was like, what's a deity? <laughs> Do you have any wrap-up questions? Any, uh, really anything that you had about deities? 
That's my cat <laughs> who I'm trying to kick out. Get out. No, nah, I don't. I, I think I'm, I'm I'm more of like a not so much a question person, but a like le like when something's going on. One of the, before we wrap, the funniest thing I wanted to say this to Matt. I'm sure you understand. Appreciate this. Yeah. About so yes. we were talking about something podcast related, Sonetta, and I forgot. I was asking. Oh, I remember what it was. I was asking for Sonetta's advice on like a decision we had to make about you know one of those like fork in the roads, and Sonetta was like, you know what? Let me just meditate on this, and I'll come back to you. And I'm just like, that is the most Sonetta answer, and I would, yeah. I, I love it. But have you ever gotten that from her yet, Matt? The, let me just meditate on this for a minute. Um, absolutely. Like, like me and Sonetta, like we've spoken briefly, and like you know, I always think people are more than they appear to be as they walk around in this world. You know what I'm saying? And some people are yeah. those type of seer stone people people you know <laughs> where i'm saying where they got like an agenda we don't know what it is but we're all cool with whatever their agenda is and that's uh, that's who uh Sunita is so i just so, want to know say... we've had some conversations and it's not yeah <laughs> you know i just want to say guys just before we, we continue with this i'm i'll surprise you in the fact that i never have an agenda <laughs> Oh, I believe that. I'm probably one of the only people in existence that you never does actually have an not. No, I never have an agenda. I'm just like, I'm just a beer. <laughs> I'm just like, I am how I am. Yo, yo that's awesome. <laughs> I just like you know to support other and people. That's awesome. And you know, <laughs> I yeah. wish, I wish and hope to grow to be that person. Like, I don't have a nefarious agenda, but it's like, you know. The last interview I did with somebody was absolutely terrible. I'm doing this one to try and get better. I don't know. I kind of always feel like I have a reason for doing things. And maybe that's bad. Maybe that takes the doing of things, you know, because some things you should just be doing just on the field, you know. If you always have reasons for what you're doing, it's like you're missing out on that energy there. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But mm -hmm. uh, are you aware yeah, of the uh, Facebook the group Sonetta started? <laughs> I invited Matt to it. Uh, like, uh, what's that one? <laughs> Friends of Streetlight Manifesto. Because yeah, what's I that have one now. Called? The yes. uh, I can now say I have a good sampling of the people who like Streetlight Manifesto. And like, after talking with you, it makes so much sense because like, Streetlight Manifesto has the greatest fan base. Because there's people in that group who hate ska. There's people who like are conservative. They're just every different walk of life. But they we all had anti vaxxers like, Yeah, but yes. the thing is, everyone gets along in there too. They're like, okay, we're just not going to fight about this See, right now. This is why the group is so beautiful because it's Yo. like so many random people, but they all get along for some reason in the freaking group. I don't get you know, it. I think that speaks a lot to like you, like your personality and like Streetlight it's, and what Streetlight does. Just it, it just kind of takes a little bit of sample of everyone from all these different walks of life. And even the people in the band were like, what's ska? Sure. I'll play. Like exactly. I, I, I love it so much. I love it so much. Exactly. And that, that, that was the thing because literally from, and you know, I'm not going to, you know, space it out for another hour, but literally that was our experience. <laughs> like when we're writing this stuff with him, you know, when we were doing it, it was like, yo, you know, we got this tour. Like, what are we going to do? 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's like you got to put everything on it to try and make it hot. Yeah, it's got a lot of flavors to it. But I will say this about the fans, if I can even call them fans. I mean, the people who listen to Streetlight, yeah, they are – it's a very unique group, and I love how they have grown because now they're like – it's like 40,000 ninjas. Like they all do really cool shit. Right, they all do really cool shit, and they're all really awesome people. So, like after the shows, when I'm talking to folks, it's like they're stars to me. I don't even know how to say that if that makes any sense. Because to me, my life is pretty regular. Like I'm in a trumpet shop right now. My uh, former roommate owns a trumpet shop, so I'm standing in the trumpet shop. I'm in Wilmington, Delaware, Clifford Brown's town. You know, I played some beach gigs this weekend. It's pretty regular life. You know, so when I met these, when I meet these people, they're people like Sonetta. You see what I'm saying? Exactly. <laughs> that's who the yeah. fans are. They're like production people on national television, or people like you who run podcasts and are organized to organized enough to come and ask my unorganized ass about being on his podcast. You see, you said saying? enough in there. <laughs> I love it. I was like, yep. Organized no, enough I, is I exactly the right way to put it. Money in this I feel you. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, it's so interesting who the people have become and that they still like listen to the music, you know? But yeah, I definitely want a second interview where we, where I get to ask you guys some, you know, where we have like a more concise talk. Where can people find you online, Matt? Or do, are you, are you active like so on social media? Um, <laughs> Sorry, Matt. <laughs> um, I am actually, yeah, I am. And I really... I would really like to talk to you about that. Uh, yeah, my, uh, what is it? My Facebook is, what's my Facebook? Matthew Stewart. You know, your Facebook's your really, name, then you have your your company's um, Instagram. Instagram, right? Oh, Sonetta, you got to give this guy some media training. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. <laughs> I will certainly Yeah, that. that was the thing, the company, <laughs> Bop Life. That was the company. Yeah. Yes, Bop that, Life. That is you your company. Bop Life, definitely run over and friend Bop Life. Yes, that is my company. That was the art marketing company. That's what that was. That was the art marketing holdings company. We wanted to put, can't even tell you what we were trying to do because the guy from Good Charlotte actually did it with Lionel Richie's daughter. Like the idea oh, we were trying to do, this guy actually got that thing done. Um, with, I, think I was a good, lo- a good Charlotte fan as a kid. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, but yeah. Was... Really? Yeah. He... Yeah, and it's it's kind of amazing because with this whole world of technology, like that touring world, it's not like it you need it's not like it was where that was the sustenance of the big artist where like you're going out for thirty days, hundred and eighty days a year, and that's where you make your living with all this technology and stuff happening, like you can service more people staying in one place. You know, so there's a lot of interesting things. And yeah, the company Bop Life was us trying to get that habiture started for jazz. That's heavy. Yeah, <laughs> that's a heavy thing. That. But yeah, um, that's it. Yeah, on on inst- on Instagram, it is the American Wilds. That is my name. Um, and also Bop Life on Instagram. We're about to get the Snapchat started. But yeah, those are my handles. I think it's Bop Dot Life. What about Sonetta? Where can we find Sonetta? Yes, Sonetta. my name. You just Google mm-hmm. my name on anything. It comes up. <laughs> Sonetta Duncan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we definitely got to talk more about that, you know, because 
you never explain like how you get that gig. It's like, okay, you went to film school, yada, yada. But how do you like get real work? I'm sure there's a lot of people, you know, who are like, how do I even get work as a film person? Like, what is that? I can so definitely funny. talk about this for sure. Because yeah. I feel that way about both of you. I, was like, I don't know. How he, I have like a normal day job. I work at a hospital and I'm like, how do you guys do it? How do you two do what you do? It blows my mind. My answer to this is I can't do anything but. Mm. I've tried very hard to live other lives and I cannot. I am stuck being a starving artist is the unfortunate reality. Wow. <laughs> Let's make you all really rich. No, that is heavy. That is a heavy thing because it's like, huh? That is heavy. Yeah, we need a second interview here, and we'll call that one the interview. Part two. <laughs> Hello, potential listeners. My name is The Vern, and I'm the host of the Cinema Recall Podcast. On most shows, myself, along with some great guests, we will talk about a movie and then some of the most iconic moments that happened in said movie. On top of that, you'll get bonus shows where I will give you short reviews about new and classic movies, or I'll just rant and rave about something going on in the entertainment industry. So come check us out. We're available on Anchor, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, most other places. Don't forget to follow us on social media. On Twitter, we are at cinema underscore recall, and then on Facebook, Instagram, we are Cinema Recall Podcast. Uh, don't forget to email us your ad spots to play on future episodes. That email is cinemarecall at gmail.com. Hope to see you around, and thank you very much for listening.